0: What's up? What's up, everybody? Thank you for coming back to another episode of The One Man Show. I'm your host, Kay Lozzi. All right. How's everybody doing today? Hopefully, everybody's doing good. Uh, it is another beautiful day here in Corvallis, Oregon, and I'm excited about episode six. Today's episode is going to be kind of about confidence, And how our confidence affects our day-to-day lives, how some people have a lot of confidence and how people have low confidence and and some of the reasons why. This isn't necessarily a diagnosis of people or anything like that, because as we know, humans are complex. And if you look back in the history of time, people have been studying math and science and chemistry and all those things for thousands of years. But really, we've only been studying social psychology or psychology of the mind and personalities for the past hundred years or so. And the reason I think this is is because humans are just so complex. And sometimes I don't think we even know the answers to the questions we're asking ourselves. And so today I'm bringing in an expert in the field of social psychology. And this gentleman that I'm bringing in is a professor here at Oregon State University and is a professor of psychology. Back in 1988, he received his Ph.D. at Harvard Um, And been working here at Oregon State ever since. What's really interesting is the National Science Foundation back in 1992 only selected two psychological scientists in the entire nation to receive that year's prestigious Young Investigator Award. And our guest here was one of them. I mean, totally amazing. Also in the late 90s, he spent a few years of his career at the University of Toledo. Um, He ran the PhD program there and served as a department chair. Then in in 2003, he came back to Oregon State University, which we're glad to have him back, and was a department chair here and helped start the graduate program. Really his expertise is the human face-to-face interaction, um, interpersonal synchrony, that includes the study of rapport and stuff like uh, non-verbal behavior impressions, uh, person perception, empathy, and and, and emotional intelligence. Um, These are awesome things that this gentleman is uh, an expert in because this is going to be some of the things that we are going to be diving deep into. Also, he has over 60 scientific publications, also co-edited a book um, on the topic of interpersonal sensitivity. And if you look up on Google Scholar, you'll see over 7,500 published articles um, that have cited his work. Also, if you look around the world, you'll see some of his findings in the Discovery Channel, BBC Radio, and and newspapers across the globe, like the New York Times, Investors Business Daily, Wall Street Journal, the Arab Times, the Java Post, um, and the London Evening Standard. I mean, the guy is. A genius when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I'm so happy to have him. Also, what's really cool is the gentleman not only has it in newspapers and stuff like that all across the globe, but he also has it in in really popular magazines. Some of his work has been cited on expert relationships in magazines such as Elle, Red Book, Reader's Digest, Marie Claire, and uh, also as a makeup expert by um, Cosmopolitan Magazine. I mean, even though these <laughs> magazines might be wrong and that he's not necessarily an expert in those particular fields, uh, he does know just a little bit about psychology. And this is why we've had him uh, come give us a talk today. So it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you, Dr. Frank Bernary. Dr. Frank Bernary, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Case. Pleasure to be here today.
0: I'm super happy that you came because, like I said a second ago, that my whole life kind of, I had. Picked up on things that help me with my uh, confidence, yeah. And there's like three three things that I like cling to, and then then it may, there may be many more factors, right? right. But the, the three main things that I do is is to help me with my confidence is um is kind of just I'm a little grateful for what I have because I know mm-hmm. there's people out there that have it worse. I know that sounds kind of cliche, but at the same time, like some people out there would would wish to have my worst day. Right. And so it always makes me super grateful for what I have and, and the things around me. Um, also, the fact that um, I I try to appear confident, even though I sometimes go into situations that I may not be confident in. Um, I at least try to appear and, and tell myself, oh, I can do this or I'm confident in this. And, and and sometimes it works, you know, like I like psych myself into being more confident about these things. And, and the last but not least thing is the fact that sometimes I feel like. It isn't the actual substance or the actual items that I receive that make me confident as far as like money or a big house or car isn't those things that's changing my confidence level it's the it's the journey right it's yeah. the succeeding at going through the hardships and saying oh i did this and i did this and i made it here and so a lot of people i've noticed Will value themselves after they finish that journey. I try to value myself in the beginning of that journey too, yeah. and so it helps me with my confidence. So um, these are some of the things that that work for me. Now everybody else out there may may be different. So I have a few questions out there that I want to ask you about confidence and stuff like that, and then we'll see where it goes. Okay, great. All right. So just the, the first question is, you know, what is self confidence?
1: Okay. Well, uh, psychologists have different ways or different aspects uh, they study. They focus on different aspects of it, but. Essentially, one can think of it just as your expectation or willingness to try things, expectations for succeeding mm. and willingness to try to reach your goals. Right. So the opposite of, of confidence is insecurity and uh-huh. helplessness. I can't do it, so I'm not even going to try.
0: Interesting. Okay. So what's, what's the difference between, for instance, self-esteem, self-confidence, and self-efficacy?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so these are various elements of it, and uh, uh, the the lay person tends to um, mush them all together, right? But they're actually subtly uh, different components and they have different implications or different uh, uh, consequences depending upon um, what you focus on. So for instance, uh, self-esteem is simply an assessment of value or satisfaction that you place on yourself. It doesn't necessarily involve doing things. Mm-hmm. In other words, you, uh, you know, it's the, you know, black is beautiful, uh, I'm Italian American, so hey, we're Italian right. American, American. You know, so it's, it's just that feeling that this is a good thing. And it doesn't necessarily have to be based on any accomplishment. It could be based on your religion, ethnicity, mm. um, whether, you know, who you like as an entertainer. And, and that's all really uh, self-esteem is. It is associated with things like confidence and uh, self-efficacy, but it's not actually the same thing. Oh, so they are all different. They are. They're totally correlated. Different. Yeah. They, they're correlated. They overlap, but they are uh, different. Uh, it, it is possible, for instance, to be self-efficacious, uh, What that means is that you. Um, it's like a student who absolutely knows they can do the assignment and are not worried about failing, but still have low self esteem. Oh, so, even though they succeed, yeah, it's a very interesting aspect when someone is actually successful, but deep down, they're not had a, uh, satisfied with their performance. So they are different. So it seems like the emotional reaction to it, um, confidence and and self-efficacy is the, no, I can do this. Okay. So you tell
0: me that there could be people out there that get a good grade on a paper but not necessarily feel good about it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
0: And that—that's a- and I'm self-esteem. sure this is
1: resonating right now with yeah, a lot yeah. of people <laughs> listening to this,
0: <laughs> especially after right after midterms <laughs> and a little bit before finals. Oh, no, totally. I totally understand. I totally yeah. understand. And I—I uh, I personally, and I'm gonna bring in a lot of my personal experience with this. Yeah. Sometimes when I turn in assignments or I do a test or something like that, I'm nervous up to that point. Do you yeah. think being nervous is having low confidence?
1: Uh, th- that's interesting. It's it's associated with it, but it's not necessarily... Because uh, sometimes
0: it, uh, I'm walking in these places and I'm like, I got yeah. this. Like this yeah. is, especially when it comes to talking in front of people. Like yeah. this is, I love doing that. Uh-huh. But when I go into a math class, I could have studied for hours on end, days. And okay. my heart's coming out of my chest. I'm so scared and nervous. Yeah. But you tell me, go talk in front of a hundred people yeah. about something that I hardly even know about. I'm like ready to do it. And I walk in there and I'm like, I'm going to kick... You know what? Yeah, and yeah. do good. What, what's going on with me?
1: Okay. Well, at at the risk of, of you know slipping into uh, clinical psychology, Wait, right, right, which I am not. You are not, we're not but, doing. But there there is something though that you're saying though that that uh, just strikes home at me. So you're uh, when someone talks about going into a situation like a math class, like yeah. an exam, and then immediately getting that freeze. That to me as a psychologist, that sounds like a classical conditioning. Uh, uh event and and what simply that means uh, that people might might have heard of the Pavlovian dogs, ring a bell, dog salary. Mm. Um, what that is is just an uncontrollable physiological response based upon uh, a situation you're in. So for example, if uh, someone has had a bad or a series of bad, unpleasant uh, failure experiences in grade school in high mm. school with a particular subject, then that kind of locks in that reflex oh math class is bad writing is bad and as the um psychologists have shown those kinds of classically conditioned emotional responses really difficult to extinguish really interesting difficult. yeah so so and they they uh, they resist even uh successful events right because
0: and, what's crazy is that you say that when i was in the 7th grade i had moved to jordan yeah and i went from the American way of doing math Mm -hmm. to the metric system, right? Mm -hmm. Going from inches to centimeters and stuff like that. And I had a teacher um, who, without referring to names and, and, you know, God bless him now. I hope everything's doing good for him. Um, When I would ask questions, he kind of would make me feel like I'm asking wrong questions or make me feel like, and so I didn't ever want to ask any questions because he made me feel a little stupid, you know? And... But now as an adult, I, I, I say to myself, I'm not going to let him have that power over me, but I still find myself in math classes freaking out. Yeah. And so I guess yeah. I guess that's – it's still – you're saying so it still stems from something, an event that happened to yep. me in the past that, wow, that's, that's yeah, super yeah. interesting.
1: See, pe- people overestimate the extent to which their own rationality – can rule their emotions, right? So you go, you you know, you, a person can say, all right, I have no reason to be afraid of heights, mm-hmm. and yet they get up on the bridge and they freak out. Yeah. Intellectually, they know. But that's just because we don't access, we don't have that that direct access and control of our emotions. And so it's particularly anxiety, very difficult to logically uh, overcome control. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there you go, there's confidence. Right. So if you're afraid, yeah. even though you, if you tell yourself I have nothing to be afraid right. of, you're not going to get rid of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so I'm sure when that happens to you, you probably power through it.
0: Yeah. So does that happen on the other end of the spectrum? Do we build confidence as we go? Are people like just in, in, inherently born with good confidence and and, and self-belief in, or is that something so that,
1: that's a really interesting question yeah. and, and psychologists are, don't know that although when you look at the infants for instance they yeah. do very strongly in their uh, the, the, the technical term is is inhibition. Like some uh, some babies and toddlers are very safe, very secure. They, you know, they're tentative, and others are very open, extroverted. Right. They, they fall; it doesn't bother them. So that might be where it starts. But uh. actually, I don't know if, if that if that translates to okay. adulthood.
0: I see. My question is: is can confidence be built?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, uh, and 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 I think or diminished. Uh, yes, both ways, and I don't think people, uh, particularly um, teachers—grade school teachers, high school teachers, middle school teachers—I don't think they they really understand uh, the best way to provide confidence. Mm. So, in other words, I think the the most common mistake is just telling people, "Oh, you're going to do great." Mm-hmm. Oh, really? It's a mistake. That's a mistake because if I tell you, "Oh, you're going to do great in the math test," yeah. you're like, "Yeah, no, that didn't help." <laughs> <laughs> right, right? So, Yeah. So, so the,
0: the, especially but, coming out of it, bad. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, I it's, that, it's
1: that classical condition, right? Yeah. So, so, but, but that's how you're nice to to a person, right? Mm. You, you, you want to love them and tell them all oh, that they're good. But confidence and self-efficacy actually comes on evidence. Not, not people telling you you're good, but it's evidence. So, mm. for instance, the way that you want to establish that is kind of, I think it was the, the third, uh, your third principle, and that is, um, don't focus on the end goal, focus on the journey, and I would interpret that as focusing on the sub-goals. Oh, okay. okay. So I was having a conversation with a student just the other day, and uh, she was, you know, th- she was expressing her concern over the procrastination. Right. Mm. It, that's a universal. uh it, <laughs> no matter where you're from. Killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's a killer, right? And so, you know, and and she was focusing on the on the uh, the term paper, the final project, and I right. said, hey, you know, start with right now. All right, just go to the library. Make mm. a make a to do list. 10-item to-do list, and the first item should be go to the library, sit down and make a to-do list. Interesting. Right? And then you get check, check that off. And and that's a success. That's why a lot of people have those to-do lists, because they want to build that efficacy. So this is my second bout at university,
0: Yeah. okay, and because of such a huge, I guess, failure that I had endured, now my second round, actually, it's like I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm doing great. <laughs> I, I've never had such good grades. Right. Do you think failure sometimes can lead to confidence? and Or is it you say, oh, I don't want to go down that path again. Here, here I am working twice as hard to do something.
1: Okay, so it depends upon how a person interprets the past failure. Ah. So one interpretation is global. You know, it's like I suck, I can't do anything, mm-hmm. done, and then you're never gonna come back. However, um, if you make the the explanation, if you think back to your past failures and you and you realize, you know, there was a specific reason that I failed, mm. and now that's no longer going to be a reason. It's a game changer. Yeah, it's. This
0: is what I'm so happy that you're on here because you are just like almost reading my mind. Because that's exactly <laughs> what I, I reflected right before I started uh, here yeah. at Oregon State. I reflected on what what was the things that was preventing me from from succeeding at University of North Texas. And, it, and I, I, it came down to three things. It was a bunch of stuff, but it really came down to three things. One, I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. Yeah. Right. Like I was doing something for money and my heart wasn't in it. Okay. And I realized that. Second, I really was intimidated by how much work was required. Yeah, to, to do and and third I'm not p- partaking in extracurricular activities right now Yeah, and what I mean by that is like I'm not going to parties and and back then it was like an experimental stage Like Everything was an experiment like I wanted to try things and stuff like that, especially coming from another country Yeah, and then I see oh it's America and you can do whatever you want here, right? And over there, you know, there was a lot of uh, social and cultural uh, Boundaries that you couldn't cross and 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 it wasn't necessarily you'd get in trouble with like the law It was more of like a social environment you know, you you get in trouble amongst your family when I mean family, I mean extended family and the whole tribe knows what happened or what you've done. And you could you could be one of those people that is ousted, you know, mm-hmm. like you're not allowed to come to social events and stuff like that. And uh, and so I don't do that. Like I'm not looking for relationships. I'm married now. Mm-hmm. I'm not partaking in any curricular extracurricular activities. And I kind of know what I'm wanting to wanting to do and I have a heart for it. And so I guess what you're saying is, is that it's reflection
1: of that helps me have more
0: confidence coming into university this time.
1: Yeah, and uh, uh, you know, forgive me if this sounds cliche, but no, you, no. you are now more mature. In ah. other words, you are ready to engage in an educational experience that'll mm-hmm. shape your career. Sounds like uh, when you entered it the first time, you just didn't know who you were, what you needed to do, what you wanted to do, and you follow, probably followed the advice of people who cared about you and said, hey, yes. this is what you should do, and that's fine, you know right. that, that that that's great. But then, but it, it is more difficult, for instance, to put in all that time and to focus on that thing that someone is telling you to do for some extrinsic reason, which is a good reason, like of course, you know, paying rent, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got, Surviving, got yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if you are fortunate enough to be in a position where you can reboot and go, okay, now I know what I want to do, and it's a pretty clear pathway, then something really. Uh, interesting and special happens, you start working and not logging the hours. In other words, it no longer is a labor that you resent, but now it's a labor of love. Wow! Right. I this, mean, it's a, true. Ask a musician. You yeah. know, they, they they practice eight hours a day. Like, oh, how could you do that? Didn't your fingers are? There. Are you kidding? I'm playing. <laughs> oh, hey, they're loving what they're doing. They're loving what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. And and it, you can love anything. You could love talking with people, making sales. You could love spreadsheets. Right. I mean, it, it, that's that's it. So if you have the opportunity to find out what it is that you like to do then another interesting thing happens you're no longer focused on success or failure uh-huh. right because you 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 spend 3 hours doing what you like and if it's a failure you get to do it again for another 3 hours ah, right so yes. so that just takes hmm. you know all that stress right off the plate
0: I like how you put that. That, that definitely came in perspective there. Um, so, so let me ask you this. You mentioned something earlier. You said a lot of confidence is based off evidence, right? Yeah. Evidence of things that we've done. So, do, do or does expected or unexpected outcomes of a particular actions affect a person's confidence?
1: Oh, yeah. So, like if you're
0: expecting one thing to happen, something else happens, does that, I mean, you know, talk to me about that.
1: Okay, so everyone experiences success and failures. And interestingly, it's not the number of successes and failures that actually determines uh, one's confidence, Mm -hmm. it's how they interpret it. Okay, so the basic, the basic principle is that you know we're all walking around as intuitive scientists. We all want to know like what makes us tick, what makes other people tick. So anytime right. something good happens, usually an explanation follows. And so, did something good happen to me because I brought it about? Or did something good happen to me because I just got lucky? And that's the key. Hmm. Um, it, uh, uh, there's a surprising number of individuals that when they accomplish something, they, it's almost like they don't believe that they were the cause of it. And likewise, there could be um, epic failures uh, for some people with high confidence, and it doesn't faze them, because yeah. they just blame it on, the, hey, the sun was in my eyes, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> that, I, that tree when I'm driving right. just jumped out and hit my car. Hit my car. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um,
0: yeah, no, I totally understand. And I think, I think sometimes also, I feel and tell me if I'm right or wrong about this. Yeah. Um sometimes like you said just now when a musician is playing or something like that, you know they go for long hours and if they mess up, they just get back and and, and practice and and yeah. you know that could be considered a failure, you know they messed up on the on the note or or like when I'm in class, I feel like and I don't know if this is an age thing or not, but now if I trip up and I I fall or fail at something, um I just get back up and do it again. That's right. And yes. I've noticed that the most successful people out there have failed the most, yeah. you know, and then they finally figured out the formula or they finally figured out the, the best way to do things. And then they've become successful and and went on to, to do more and better things. And, but I don't know if that's because of the confidence that I already, you know, I've, I've built throughout the years, or it's just a, an age thing where I'm like, Hey, I, I just can't give up.
1: Yeah. Well, one of uh, the things that are behind what you're talking about is the realization that everyone fails, mm-hmm. even successful people fail. I mean, and so the number of times that you fail to achieve a goal or you fail to pull off a, a, a move or, or, or get something, that is almost irrelevant to you know, how good you are, mm-hmm. right? So the the, 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 key, yeah, factor, the key factor in how, in, in how expertise comes about, or if you become good, turns out not to be successes or failures, but persistence, mm-hmm. right? If it, here's the rule. The longer you do something, the better you're gonna get. It doesn't matter how many times you fail, you're gonna get better. Practice so. makes perfect. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I got a I got a little uh, story that 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 sort of um, can can illustrate how uh, impactful just that little notion of confidence and persistence and and self-efficacy uh, can be. Back at the University of Toledo. My office was on the fifth floor. Uh, there weren't any uh, the elevators nearby, and and um, the there was a uh, stairwell that was uh, right next to my office door. And it was it had like one of those fire doors, okay. right? So it was it was a heavy door, and the knob uh, was uh, a little bit loose. Anyway, that the door was closed, and uh, what would happen is if it, some students or some people thought that the door was locked because it wasn't he- was one of these heavy doors, and the other way down was it was a huge ass building and it was it was like a 5 minute walk right to get to the other stairwell so it would be inconvenience whenever someone tried the door and opened it and over the course of years, I was just stunned at the variation of people's reactions to this door. Okay? Interesting. So here's one, you know, one approach, and it was really sad because I heard all this happening. So someone would be going down and late, and they jiggle the door, click, 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 and then they'd re- and then they think, ah, oh, it doesn't open, and they would, and they would curse, and, and now I'm going to be late, and they would run, and they're, you know, that moment, that part of the day ruined. Then you'd have these. High confidence individuals, they hit the door, click, click, and they go, God damn, it, and they really hammer the door, and the door would it open. Opens. Yeah. And now their day, and now they, you know, they, I'm sure they're working down the stairs going, Yeah, gorilla, I opened that freaking door. I succeeded. I succeeded. Yeah. yeah. And, you can see how these these little tiny micro events throughout the day will build someone's confidence. Interesting. Yeah, and not that they're better than people, right? Right, right. Just right. tried
0: makes them feel better about themselves, yeah. uh, and that they tried, like you Sorry. said, and they go out their day doing other things, saying, yep. "Hey, I've been having a great day so far. You I'm going to continue having a you great bet. day."
1: And it's all a door, a door opening. And that's something. Yeah,
0: I feel like um, I feel like laws of attraction are true when it comes to uh, like. Believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely feel that I, I read a, a piece about the difference between people who consider themselves lucky yeah. and people who consider themselves unlucky. And the results found that there isn't really no like genuine lucky person or unlucky person. The difference between the two is the person who considers themselves lucky are looking for those lucky moments, right? Of finding yeah. a dollar on the floor or something great happening or they 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 actually ask and say, "Hey, can this happen?" and they get lucky and the person's like, "Yeah, sure." You yeah. know, whatever yeah. the request may be. Whereas the unlucky person feels that they're unlucky, so they're not looking for that $5 on the floor. They're not looking for that uh, pass that they asked somebody to get into the back of the concert or something like that. Yeah. And so they yeah. cuz they consider themselves unlucky. Yeah. And I feel like Confidence can be the same way. If you're constantly telling yourself like I can do this or I'm confident, just nine times out of ten you can. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so,
1: so you're describing the snowball effect, and, ah. and and that's what makes this so difficult psychologically to 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 break or to you know see a counselor and fix. It's not something that you can just give somebody pep talk yeah. and fix it because there's a there's a snowball. Okay, so you you said it. Someone feels that they're unlucky. Um, they have no control over over their life, and things just bad happen. If that was true, just hypothetically, if that was true, then why try anything? Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you just stay at home and you, you sleep it's all day, bed, yeah. and nothing happens, and you don't even have an opportunity to do good. Now, if you think you're lucky, even if you're delusional, right? Mm-hmm, even right. if you've you got no luck, but you think you're lucky, you're going to put yourself out there. And because you think you're lucky when something doesn't happen, you're not going to realize it's bad. You're not going to think it's bad luck. Why? Because you're a lucky person. Oh. <laughs> so then when it does hit, you uh, go, yeah, and it perpetuates. Interesting. So, so these are different, uh, totally different tracks, like life... Um, life views, world views, and it's difficult to switch.
0: And do you think these like views that people have, it's just something that we build throughout our lives?
1: Yeah. yeah or oh yeah, is it oh yeah. just like inherent? No, no, no. I, I, I'm sure that how you were raised plays a big part uh, of, of the, these views. So uh, if you imagine raising being raised in a family or a little child, where you know maybe their parents are, are you know, thinking that they're funny, and like, "Oh, you're an idiot! You'll never <laughs> do anything right." <wrong." laughs> ah. I mean, so th- those little uh, voices could play a role. Interesting. And then, and then you can get other families or other cultures where you know failure is not an option, right? So if you can't play the piano, well, you just got to practice harder. And then what that happens is what happens as a result of that: people learn that, "Wow, okay, effort." That's how I get everything.
0: (laughs) Interesting. I think a lot of people have a hard time in the Middle East um, doing things because they're afraid of the social consequences that come out if you do end up failing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I remember... Prime example, I I went back to Jordan for a visit, my family lives there, so I go back from time to time. And I remember me and a friend, we started uh, the same uh, biology program uh, at the same time. It's just I went to the United States, and he went to Russia to do it, okay? And I came back like a few years later to visit, and I asked the guy's uh, uncle, who owned this little mini market that I would always go buy stuff from, about... Um, This gentleman in Russia and stuff like that. And he was just like just talking bad about him and saying how he failed and his dad wasted all this money. And I knew in my mind, the back of my mind, I was like, I know how difficult this is. It's easy for him to say, you know, oh, he he was sitting in the comfort of his shop. Right. Hmm. Whereas this this kid was going to another country and another language to a major university studying a really tough program yeah and and it was like you know it, it made me realize that they have to be successful from the from the get right there's no like struggle and they, they don't feel like there's a lot of people like myself who gives in, in the Middle East at least and sometimes here where they're given like that second chance right yeah, yeah. Uh, like if I had failed in university in Jordan and and not did what I was supposed to it would be the talk of the town. Yeah. Oh, you should have seen, you know, Case, son of Khaled, What happened to him, and this and that, and he was doing this, and he was doing that. And even if I went back and got a PhD, yeah, I I still would have that black mark on my record. Well, social but, record,
1: you know. And let me say, let me suggest something. Okay. Um, so I hear you, and 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 I totally uh, believe you. But I actually wonder what the reality would be on on those situations. Um, and I'm not sure if we, all of us, if each of us, has a really good handle on the realities of those situations. And hmm. I say that as an instructor, all right, say that as an instructor where an a student can come in and literally apologize to me. For poorly performing, when this student is is an A, and and they're worried about my disapproval. So over the years, and you see that this happen a lot. And then likewise, there could be a, a person who's absolutely you know irresponsible, not conscientious, just awful, and they think they're totally cool, <laughs> you know. So so there are individual differences in how we perceive how other people are 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 judging us, mm-hmm. right? And that is an impact. So if you feel that you are living in a judgmental culture, judgmental yeah. family, then the, the stakes are higher. Then of course you're gonna be uh, a little more sensitive to the success failures. Interesting. You
0: know, and th- this kinda leads up to my next question. Mm-hmm. So um, a person's performance in something, yeah. um, that that also kinda can increase and decrease uh, a person's self-efficacy. So let's say somebody walks into something that does something for the first time, and they did good or bad, can that increase and decrease their levels of, of how they feel like the next time is what's going to happen the next time?
1: Well, it, I guess it depends on on what how they are um, understanding the, the task or their goal. Uh, and what I mean by that is if it's a one-off, right, like suppose you have to give a public speech, right, uh-huh. and that's it, it's one-off, you're either great or, or not good, it's done, you're not going to do it again. Um, that's different from if you're going into the business, oh, right? Okay. And then, and then you you over time you don't care about the individual success or failure. You just care about developing yourself, right, and getting better. So you know, hey, think baseball, right? the, the in baseball, when a batter comes up. The, uh, they're gonna lose they're gonna fail most of the time right, right? the batting average is what 250 yeah. 300 at best yeah. and that means seven times out of ten you fail you Imagine. loser. Yeah. right but and they're know, getting that, paid millions if they, they get, have that betting batting, batting exactly, average yeah. right? who else gets all that money for <laughs> yeah. losing 70% of the time right? So, right. so and that's the frame hmm. and they're like yeah but that you, you know I want to get to 310. And you know that's the difference. It's the, you know from from three hundred to three ten. So th- that's that's what does it. However, um, individuals who lack confidence, like you said, they, they tend to catastrophize these mm. things. They focus. So whatever it is, it just is evidence to them that confirms they are in a sense a loser. They can't do anything. So that that's the key to try to break that global interpretation that this one event is that informative.
0: It's interesting to think about... I remember one time in a chemistry class, I had a a friend who was genius when it came to chemistry. I mean, he... If it wasn't for him, I probably would have struggled a lot more than I already did in that class. And so one day we were sitting in uh, at his apartment, and he was talking to me about um, uh, this this uh, partner that he wanted to to talk to. Um, it was she was just a friend, you know, and and he wanted to kind of take those next steps. And so I was like, Oh yeah, you do this and do that, and say <laughs> this and say that. And he's like, He's like, Well, and he was like giving me all these excuses. I'm like, Man, come on, it's just easy, just go. And he's like, Wait a second, case and this is when i begin to realize not everybody has confidence in everything yeah. right he's like you see how easy it is for me in chemistry and how hard it is for you in chemistry he's like we'll reverse that when it comes to like speaking to you know the opposite sex for me yeah you know and it like dawned on me i was like oh okay i can't just expect him to be able to go and say and even even if i gave him advice on how to 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 say things it may not you know um he may not think that those are the right ways or at least have the confidence in yeah. that those those keys are going to work for him yeah, right yeah. and but so
1: i want i want to ask you something yeah, though, go th- ahead. Th- th- about this th- this guy it sounds like just from what you're saying that he already made up his mind mm. as to whether he was a kind of person who could pull that off or not so even if you helped him in the in in a specific instance and it was a successful one, he'd probably attribute it to you. Interesting. Right. So so yeah, no, that was case, man. He helped me out on this one, but oh. no, nah, I'm not doing it again. And you see how a success may not be interpreted that way, and may not even help your confidence.
0: Let me ask you some. Are our yeah. confidence u- like universal as far as like male and female? I'm not sure I understand the question. So like do the same things. Um, Give somebody a lot or a little confidence when it comes to
1: male and females. You mean in terms of behaviors, or yeah, or, or, or instance. I I don't. I, well, I'll say this. Uh, no matter who you are, your culture uh, will impact the things that will make you confident and not confident. You know. So so for instance, you said men and women. Um, there are stereotypical gender roles uh, that, that might, in, in, you know, be involved. So, for instance, if a boy mm-hmm. grows up in a high testosterone family mm-hmm. with, with power tools and and sports, athletic equipment, that kid, that boy will probably spend a lot of time failing in sports and things, but, but, but developing confidence in that. And then when they walk into the kitchen or the laundry room, they'll freak out. And think, oh, I can't even wash my clothes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's amazing how many right. dudes just think, oh, I can't, e- I can't wash. I don't know how to fold.
0: <laughs> and it- you know what's, what's most interesting about a conversation is there's so many factors oh, totally, yeah. to a person's confidence. I'm noticing a lot of it has to do with the family yeah. and the culture. Yes. That, that they live in, right, or they're, they, they're raised in. Um, in the Middle East, it's definitely a patriarchal society. You're kind of expected to have a strong personality yeah. as, a, as a male, right? And I think some of that is part of kind of why I have a lot of confidence. But being here in the U.S., it's, it's a mix, right? It's like, it's yeah. both. It's patri- patriarchal and... and uh, matriarchal. Ma- matriarchal, yeah. I didn't <laughs> want to <laughs> mispronounce it. And, yeah. um, it's it's both here, right? Like, you, you find it both. I mean, recently, in modern times, I feel like in, in, in the past it was more patriarchal, you know? Um, but, like, over there, and i give you an example. I used to go to this uh, restaurant in, in Jordan, and I used to always order this one dish and so I finally went up to one of the guys that was working and I was like, man who makes this this is like someone's grandma down there cooking this because this is amazing food yeah. and he's like, oh no it's it's so and so as a guy he, he has a weak personality he just stays down there It really took me aback as to like I kind of feel bad for the guy, right like what, why did he say that? You know, this guy's over here basically keeping the, the restaurant alive. This yeah, yeah. weak personality gentleman, yeah. gentleman, um, by cooking these amazing food and bringing customers back. It's not it wasn't his service or the guy taking my money that was making me come back. Yeah, they were polite and they were nice. But who was really the backbone of this restaurant was that gentleman that was down. And, and they were they just dismissed him. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even think the guy told me his name. Yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, he's just in the kitchen. He has a weak personality. So first thing he said, and I just was kind of like, you know, I felt bad for him, and and it 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 did make me realize that you know culturally sometimes people expect, you know, uh, the men to just be inherently confident.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna guess that when you were growing up, because that was the 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 value in the culture for for yeah. little boys, that uh, your family gave you opportunities. To talk to people, mm-hmm. to uh, assert yourself, to 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 interact, and um, that was your experiences. That was your practice. That was your that was your training. So by the time you came in, adults like, oh yeah, no, I, I I can do this.
0: And that's something. It just it fascinates me how, as kids, we think as adults, oh, it would happen when we were kids. But a lot of the stuff of who we are now is from. From childhood yeah. into teenage, and then into what we are today, and we're constantly yeah. learning. I feel like I'm always learning new stuff and new and new things. Yeah. Um,
1: I want to uh, though uh, add something to this because yeah, this, this is important. Um, what you are describing right now is essentially the the essence of diversity. So one of the things that human beings uh, are inclined to do, and it's too bad, but they just don't know any better, is to assume that everyone's life experience must be similar to their own because Mm. they're normal, they're average. And what you're describing is this realization that, wow, people could be growing up in completely different environments that have shaped their interests, their values, their, their styles, their behaviors. And uh, that's actually where our mind should go to first, whenever we see someone that strikes us as weird, or in your case, you know, weak, or or wrong, instead of just saying, oh, they're a bad person, it helps as a psychologist, we, we know this, to just think, okay, wh- how did they come to this place?
0: Mm-hmm. You know, when we spoke uh, a couple weeks ago in our first meeting and you said, you know, a lot of the times a lot of people um, would get along better with others if they just took a step back and really tried to uh, communicate with them and ask them, you know, what they really meant. Yeah. And uh, I want to thank you for that because it helps actually even in my relationship with my wife. Because if ever she says something that you know uh, I may like, to, like, what did she? You know, <laughs> I, I actually stop and I go and ask her, say, hey, you know, what did you mean? Or not in a not in a mean way or anything, but just like, hey, wh- what are you what are you trying to say? Or what do you mean? Or something, and just kind of understand her a little bit better. And actually, it's, it's worked out great. <laughs> um uh yeah so thank you yeah, for that I, <laughs> seriously you know yeah. it's it's interesting to find out stuff about how we work you yeah. know ourselves because you know like you said we think that we know how That's we right. work right yeah but we really don't
1: yeah so we know ourselves the yeah. best yeah and and even I'll say that we probably don't know ourselves all that well but <laughs> but but out of all the humanity we know ourselves the best and we kind of assume and it makes sense that you know that hey everyone must you know see the sun the same way Mm -hmm. or 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 like the taste of broccoli right but that's sarcasm you know (laughs) but but isn't it interesting how even if you're out eating with someone someone you know would like oh try this dish and someone doesn't and they refuse to accept it like how could you not like this right this is awesome and then when you think we reflect back i'm like wow why should we think that someone should like the things that we do that's yeah. that, that's crazy you're so right I I I have I don't
0: like pasta and my wife ah. loves pasta and she always asks me all the time how I cannot like pasta <laughs> like, I'm just like I don't know like my starch of choice is rice you know I'd rather ah. substitute ah. pasta for rice on any dish there, there and sometimes she'll be like you just can't eat that with rice. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm making it a first. <laughs> yeah, watch me. That's <laughs> why <Yeah, yeah. laughs> so I'm doing it. And uh, so that's interesting. That's, you know, I, I love learning these things because it helps me with myself and helps me with, uh, learn about others. I, all the books that I've ever read are always been about self-help and stuff like that and how to, uh, I'm sure you know the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was, my brother gave me that. God bless him. And and I, it was pretty amazing. Um, okay, so next question. Can, can someone... Fake being confident?
1: Oh, yeah. E- yeah. E- yeah. Well, I don't want to say it's easy, but faking confidence is just acting. Hmm. Okay? So so you know, can people act? Well, some people are better actors than others, right? Mm-hmm. So so there's that uh that qualifier there. But uh if you just uh so even if you don't believe that you're going to succeed, you can act and play the part of a Uh, successful individual or successful person. And if you do that, what happens is most likely you will persist in the, you know, when when things get tough, you'll persist because you're acting as if this is going to happen. And and interestingly, that increases your chance of success. (laughs) So even if you're not naturally confident, It is true that if you act as if you're confident, then over time you'll probably succeed more and... So the term uh,
0: "fake it till you make it", fake is, it till uh, you make. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty no, would, good. <laughs> yeah, you
1: might, What's the hurt, harm in trying? I, I agree,
0: <laughs> and that's one of my principles. Is that sometimes people tell me, "Oh, you were up there talking, and you didn't even seem nervous." And in and, and my mind, I'm like, if "Only you knew." Yeah. You know, because yeah. sometimes I do get nervous up and in, 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 when I talk in front of groups of people, even though I love to do it. Yeah. You know, I love. And sometimes even when I go watch other people speak, I feel like I should be up there with them. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. I, and I say to myself, "Case, calm down. You don't even hardly know, even close to what this person knows. Why would you be up there talking?" And and just, but there's like a side of me that just wants to go up on stage and be like, "Yeah," and so uh, <laughs> just start talking.
1: And and what you're saying though is is your attitude, at least in that context yeah. of uh, failure. Like, what happens when you fail?ure When you when uh, fail, you can just uh, end the event right there and just go away and go to bed, or you can change it right and then change and what i mean by that is is react to it and then go forward uh, building off of the off of the error uh, a colleague of mine okay uh, john edwards he's a he's another social psychologist here on campus and here on campus yes yeah. nice. um he's a he's a bass player right and and he plays in in uh, local bands and he, he loves jazz and he's uh he, he's been known to say right that in jazz There's no such thing as a bad note or an incorrect Hmm. note, right? So when you're improvisational, the note itself is never bad. It's the note you play after it that makes it, that saves it. Interesting. So same thing with failure. So there's, so that there's no failure. It's what happens immediately after the failure. How you react to How it. How you react to it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I'll tell you, as a scientist, right? We, As scientists, we rarely learn anything when we're right. We mm. learn from our mistakes. It's part so, of just human nature. Well,
0: not human like, nature, but, but when... It's part the, of our, our survival back in the day, right? If yeah. we if we got bit by an animal that hurt us or ate a bad fruit, we had to learn that that fruit or that animal is, is harmful, and it, right. it helped That's us
1: survive. Right. And and think about this. If, if a scientist does nothing but confirm what they already know they're not learning anything they're just like be- becoming more confident in what they know however <laughs> a scientist who believes in a theory yeah then does the experiment and is a complete failure like oh my god this was wrong we've been wrong for 20 years guess what science has just advanced we just learned because we found out we were wrong and we could apply that to our day-to-day lives totally Totally. I mean, what's worse, right? Being wrong, like saying something uh, nasty to someone, but not realizing it because, I don't know, your, your, your older brother used to tell you. And so your whole life, you're saying these horrible things, never knowing, or someone pointing it out to you. Okay, here, a fly, you know, zipper guy. I'm an instructor, right? And and I remember one time after class, a student came up and go, oh, Dr. Manara, your flies open, right? I was... <laughs> I was like, "Thank you, <laughs> okay, yes, I'm an idiot, but oh my God, I'm going to a faculty meeting, yeah. and if this thing Prevented, was open, yeah. oh, been so thank yeah. you so much for telling me, you know, oh, I, my fly was open."
0: I have an example too where I realized that when things necessarily work for me, don't necessarily work for others. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my wife, she, so I speak Arabic, right? And I tried to teach her Arabic. Uh, words and terminology and stuff like that. And in the Middle East, it's totally cool to laugh when somebody makes a mistake. In, yeah. in linguistics, like if you, a tongue twister, or you said something wrong, or you mispronounced the word. It's funny, and actually, even the person who who, who said it is going to laugh, right? And growing up, I learned how to speak Arabic, right? It was my second language. English is my first, and Arabic mm-hmm. was my second. And so, my cousins would laugh when I would say some stuff wrong. But what it did was is it actually like made me want to go learn it better, right so I went and I would learn the word and I would learn it with the accent too right and then I'd go back and say it in, co- in the context of whatever we were talking about, and then I would like look at my cousins, I would just say the word and I would stop and I'm like, how come you guys aren't laughing right and then we would all laugh at that point and so it made me stronger so I had took the philosophy that you know making fun of Making the mistake or saying it in a way uh, will make that person stronger. With, with my wife, when she made a mistake, I laughed. She actually got upset and it shied her away from wanting to learn from me. Yeah, yeah. And I would just tell her, I was like, no, trust me, you know, you'll learn it better. And so I was trying to take the way I did it and expecting it to work with her but it doesn't work like that right like right. she learns in a different way you know just through uh,
1: uh motivation and and good feedback and stuff like that Th- and so, this is another a uh, perfect example of uh, you know cultural diversity and stuff yeah. so what you're uh telling me i can relate to growing up in the new york metropolitan area mm. where is that where you, you grew know, the, up yeah yeah okay. I, grew, I grew up around uh, the new york city area And uh, I think people out here in Corvallis would think, oh, I grew up in a horrible environment because we would get laughed at and teased. And that was a sign of affection, even, Yeah, you know, when you when you when you. you know, criticize somebody or give them a dope slap to the forehead and stuff. And so I, I, I grew up comfortable with that. And and showed it that was, you cared so, about the
0: person. Exactly, right? it
1: showed <laughs> that you cared because because if you do something stupid and no one says anything, then you don't know what you did wrong and you'll mm. continue to do that. Right. So getting that attention, even if it was negative attention, but it was. Uh, it's important to know, it experiencing it. We did not feel that someone was laughing at us, it ridicule and they thought horrible of us. It, right. it was a cultural hey, this is funny. Like yeah. you said, it's very important, funny. But if you're not taught that, if you're not trained, if that's not your experience, it, it's it's I think it's inconceivable for someone to think you're you're laughing at me, how can that not be insulting? Like, mm. They just don't understand. So uh, I had to learn that a little bit the, the hard way uh, out here to my students. I was yeah. I was you know pretty nasty to them back in the, in the early '90s. But then I learned. Hey, no, all right.
0: Yeah, it's different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know this kind of leads me to a couple other questions that I have. Um, not mm-hmm. necessarily about failure or learning from your mistakes, but um, just kind of like, so really quick, why why when people like myself go and want to talk in front, this is actually a follow-up question from, from earlier, go up and want to talk in front of people. What is it that, you know, obviously everybody's different, but what is it that like makes somebody nervous when they go oh, so so how come like someone like me can go and do that but i ask probably 9 times out of 10 other people like go oh, yeah dude and they're like no 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 like whenever i'm in group projects i'm always the one presenting yeah unless uh-huh. the professor makes us all have to present if they all had a choice they'd all do the paperwork and i'm always the presenting and i'm just the opposite i'm just like hey y'all do the paperwork and i'll present the crap out of it right yeah. Yeah. um but other people aren't like that is it is it, are they worried
1: of being laughed at I'm not sure they're worried about being laughed at, but I am sure they're worried about being judged. So, so like, for, like looked bad or like judged judged how though? No, I I think they're they're worried about getting a real universal grade at how good they are in that particular activity. So for for example, I'm going to uh, guess or assume that you're uh, that you're enthusiastic about all these events because if you had like a bad day and someone came up to you and said, "Oh, case man, you suck. You should change a job," you wouldn't believe them. Yeah. 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 That's it. So so and that's evidence. And but you. You just wouldn't believe because you know you know where you are but if you're insecure and do not know and trust other people's opinion and judgments of you more than your own mm. see then you're subject to to the criticism
0: and and it's impossible to make everybody happy no yeah there's it, no it, way and I know that for a fact. And, uh, you know, if universally everybody came to me and said, you you know, we like this or or uh, you need to change this one part. You know, I might take it into consideration. Yeah. You know, yeah. but um, if I get like some one person tell me, you know, I've had people listen to my podcast here and, and I've only I've gotten most good feedback. Except for one person was like, you know, this he said he said a few things and and I was like, OK, I put that uh, you know in the back of my mind. And if I if I keep hearing the same thing, then I maybe go back and adjust it, maybe speak to some professionals and see their opinion and stuff like that. But I think of the big difference, and I don't know if this is an age thing or what, but I believe in myself yeah, when I yeah. go up and, and yeah. talk in front of people. And the thing that makes me nervous is not that I'm going to look bad in front of people. Most thing that makes me nervous when I talk in front of people is, is: am I gonna forget something? Yeah. Am I going to not provide the best. Uh, quality information to to the people, yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. I'm talking to.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, not like what are they going to say about me? Because I I feel like, especially when I'm up there, nine times out of ten, I'll probably do as good of a job or better than anybody who's listening.
1: Bingo, right? bingo. See what you just just said? Yeah, I'm not perfect. I'm gonna you know th- I may make, make mistakes, but I can do it better than. Or as good as event. you know, I'm or not saying I'm at.
0: better than anybody. There might be somebody as good as me, but I could do it as good or better, unless somebody has more knowledge, right? And then I will respect the fact that if somebody has more knowledge, like yourself. Like I couldn't come and say the things that you could say uh, uh, about social psychology and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I'll
1: go out on a limb and say out of the thirty thousand. People on this campus, you're better than most at doing what you're doing right well, I now. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> Thank you. I
0: really do appreciate that. It. it means a lot from a social
1: psychologist. It means
0: I'm doing it right. Yeah. Okay, so this is a lot of this uh, episode. Really, I wanted to talk about how, mainly, how relationships and and, and confidence and social media and confidence um, are correlated. Yeah. And so, let's start with the relationships. Do you think that people with um, lots of confidence tend to have better relationships?
1: Okay, it depends upon the confidence in what? okay so you say Just I a think confident you said,
0: person you know when you could just say somebody, oh that person he just seems confident in
1: ah me. no you you have a strong personality your confidence in interpersonal relations right but there could be i don't know the 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 computer science the person who has confidence in working with uh you know with computers or like my friend things. in chemistry exactly like a chemistry yeah. friend yeah but but you know totally confident they rule the world and but you know not when it comes to relationships so you have to uh domains you have to specify domains on this on this confidence so so it's very rare, and I don't think it's such a thing as someone can just be globally confident in everything.
0: In everything. So, yeah. so, so you don't think confidence and relationships are correlated?
1: Uh, the, the confidence in relationships matter.
0: Uh, can you kind of go in a little bit more depth about that? What do yeah. you mean?
1: So, so um, if you don't have confidence in speaking with people, in meeting people, if you like, are enter an elevator mm-hmm. and you are afraid to make eye contact with this complete stranger in mm-hmm. there, then relationships are going to be difficult for you to mm-hmm. develop, right? Uh, but, but for someone like you, like yeah, you probably enjoy the opportunity oh, to yeah. talk to a complete stranger. Love and it. Relationships not going to be a problem. Not going to be a problem. But that's a, a domain. Right, uh-huh. which I th- I say is absolutely similar to maybe the sports domain or the uh, educational academic domain.
0: Yeah, I could see which. I, so, so what I'm getting from you is yeah. that you know. Maybe somebody's not necessarily globally confident, but like let's say they're confident in chemistry, and then uh, a partner or somebody that they meet um, is also confident in chemistry. They may get along because they both love chemistry. Is oh, that yeah. what you're saying?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how you start, and that's how they might overcome their insecurities with with relationships.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. That kind of like answered like 10 questions that I was going to ask you about relationships because um, (laughs) I always thought that, you know, people who have, I guess, on an outward look have confidence. And maybe my view of what somebody is confident is different than what your view is. But it seems like a lot of times a lot of people can agree that, oh, yeah, this person has quite a bit of confidence or that person does. And, And I was just curious as if it like helped them you know, obtain relationships um and, and maintain long term relationships, you know.
1: Yeah. So uh, so it's it so I would say but it's that, different. Yeah, I would say that when, when you think of confidence, you're actually thinking of a domain, a confidence in a certain domain. And that's the interpersonal domain. Interesting. And and but that's arguably right the most important so domain you have. Yeah. But but I mean, you know, what determines a person's life? Well social interactions that's pretty much the largest part wow. right so it makes sense that that you would uh, you know think of confidence in, in that way. I'm just pointing out that wow no you could be totally uh, confident in your a professional domain or in an academic domain and and be totally insecure around people interesting yeah um, all right
0: so so let's talk about social media a little bit. I feel like the other day I have a little cousin who, uh, we were talking, and and he was showing me some. Uh, he's he was on the football team, so he was showing me some pictures of, of him at on his Instagram. Yeah, and uh, he was like, "Hey, look at all these followers that I have," and I was like, "I get it, you know, followers. Everybody wants to have followers and stuff like that." But I was like, "I just, just, I just had a question." I was like. I was like, is that a thing in your high school now? Like, is that big? He's like, oh man, if you got like 2, 2,500 followers, I'm like, you're the man or the woman, <laughs> you know? And I was like, really? And I was like, you know, but I was like, a lot of these people that are following you don't necessarily know you. They just yeah. know you of what, your, uh, what you post on your Instagram, you know? Um that you still think that's pretty cool? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he was like all about it. And, and so I kind of asked him a question. I was like, you know, the likes and I know they're taking out a lot of these like buttons on these social platforms and stuff, but we still have some. And I was like, is that, you know, is that a thing? He's like, oh, man. He's like, if you got the whole school liking what you got, he's like, you're in. And so tell me, how does social media impact people when when a lot of these people hardly know the individual? OK, so I'm not it, trying to sound like I'm older or anything like that. I don't I don't get it. I love them, too. But yeah. I don't understand why I like them.
1: All right. So uh, the the fact is we psychologists do not yet know the ramifications of social media. Mm. It is brand new. Right. Uh, we human beings. It's not even
0: 12 years old. Right. 14 years old.
1: And, and think about this. Right. Human beings have evolved for 100000 years to with one media face to face interaction so as soon as we went digital, as soon as we, uh, you know, started uh, uh, like uh, the the just uh, well social media and, and all that, uh, that we're an unknown. And and the important point that I would like to make is that our brains naturally are not equipped for that. Mm-hmm. So. So, and what I mean by that is, is if you think about like the human perceptual system, okay, yeah. the, we see things the way we do because we live in a three-dimensional world. Now, as soon as we invented paper and yeah. started to make art, then you get all these optical illusions. You ever see the, those, you know, optical illusions where maybe two lines don't look parallel uh, yeah. and all that stuff, or well, yeah. like it's the same
0: color, That's right. and, but that, they look different colors yeah. and stuff. Yeah,
1: that exists because technology, right, our our civilization has advanced before our brain could evolve for it, Interesting. right? So we live in a three-dimensional world, and then we can have all these funny optical illusions, and heck, media is all, all, all full of that. So the same thing is happening now with social interactions and, and our relationships. Uh, now people have relationships through media that that human beings just were not evolved to uh, uh, or equipped to deal with, so we don't know what the implications are. And one of them could be things like uh, a rise in social anxiety and social insecurity. Um, Well, think about it. Um, Everything that's on media or most things on media that someone posts is edited, right? Which Mm -hmm. means that what you see is kind of like reality TV, right? right? Most of life is on the editing room floor. And what you see is carefully crafted and might be a little, little like better, a little more polished. Interesting. So now they're kind of making you see what they want you to this, see. Yes, and that's your, uh, that's our comparison. That's our comparison. So we are comparing ourselves now to a uh, type of perfection that never existed before in humanity. Think about women's magazine, mm-hmm. right? That that's the 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 um, the uh, the rap on them is that nothing is real, and yet and yet people who read those compare their own bodies to these bodies that they see a lot of them are photoshopped in these magazines well that's the, that's what's happening with uh with all posts yeah right and I mean that in terms of editing you're carefully it's scripted and just think of the beating that that I mean how could you not look at all this perfect these these wonderful lives and interesting experiences and not help but think gosh I'm not that good
0: you know you say that and it, it, it resonates with me because I have somebody that I know on uh, on Facebook that their real life is in complete shammers, man. Like I mean, (laughs) it is just I know them in real life, and and it just it's and so but I see them post on Facebook all the time, and. It's, it's like a weird reality TV show type of deal that I have. Like yeah. I read, like it's uh, their, their, um, their drama that they have going on social media. And it's like, oh man, look at this post. And it, and it's like super long, but I'll read the whole thing knowing that they're like, um they're, they're being fake, yeah. you know? And it's like, wow, like it really, it really shows you that they want you to see what they want you to see and, and um, with, with makeup and photoshop and, and all that kind of stuff it it comes out like they're having a great life. They look like I mean other than the the dramatic posts, you know, um, but like on the other on the other social platforms like Snapchat and Instagram where you don't write as much, it's more picture based and stuff. You if if I didn't know that person, I'd be yeah. like they're having the time of their life. Yeah, yeah. But because I know them and I know the people that are around them and and, and they tell me and stuff they're just, it's like a polar opposite
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and uh, also it takes an awful lot of effort. You have to you have to spend a lot of time throughout the day managing your this public appearance. Yeah. And so that that's a burden. And to the extent to which, you know, you fall back at night and and start realizing the difference between your public image and your private image, I think you're going to take a hit. But like I said, we don't really know yeah. yet. But I still don't, in the works. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to turn out well. I think we're going to find out. You know, it's like, hey, we when we invented the car, great, we don't have to walk anywhere, and then everybody got fat and, and mm-hmm. started dying of heart attacks. And I think something kind of similar is going to happen with our, yeah. We're using
0: the tool a little bit wrong.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out eventually, but I don't think that this generation is, I think they're going to be experiencing. Well, we already know that there's a rise in in anxiety and a a decline in empathy. And I I think it's kind of related to.
0: I try to be understanding when people say that they have anxiety, but it's hard for me to understand because I don't have that social anxiety. Hmm. And then on top of that, I work in the public. so any. Any social anxiety that I even like minuscule that I had in the in the past is totally gone now because I work in the public and I'm used to dealing with strangers for eight hours in a day, yeah. every day for the past eight years. Yeah. Right. And now I'm here in college and stuff like that. And so um, so I try to be understanding, but it's hard for me to be understanding because I just don't I can't under, I can't relate. Right. And that's the <laughs> that's the hardest part. And so I just basically when someone says I have anxiety, so I, I just I I listen. I'm just like, OK, no problem.
1: Yeah, and, well, and know.
0: or if like they don't want to give a speech, like the group people don't want to give a speech, I'm already like cool anyway, like I'll do I'll do all the talking for you guys, you know. Um but but that's that's super interesting because I I I even like it. Like the other day I wrote a comment mm-hmm. on Facebook like a couple years back and within like a month, I got almost 1200 likes on it and reactions, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, the smiley face and all that stuff and and um and and it, i found myself every so often going back and looking how how much it jumped and i'd go to my wife like look it's at, it's at 600 now and i'd go back and tell my friends oh it's at 800 i'd screenshot it and send it and and i stopped one day and said like I don't understand why I'm so fascinated with this, though. Is it, is, it, is it the fact that people can relate to what I said that makes me happy? Or is it that I just said something really cool and people are liking it? Like, I, didn't, I couldn't figure out why I was enjoying this. Even just the other day, I updated my profile picture, uh, a picture of me and my wife and kids, you know, a nice photo. <laughs> and uh, I got probably the most likes I've ever gotten in, on, a, like, on a picture. You yeah. know, forget about a comment or stuff, but just on a picture. And uh, I also caught myself looking every time, like I get a notification, right, and it would tell me, and, and I would be happy. I'd be, I'd be like really happy, like wow, I've, I'm up to 200 now. Wow, I'm up to 250. Yeah. Oh my gosh, like this. And I don't know, is it, is it the fact that they like my picture? You know, or is it the fact that it was like they want to they they a lot of them, you know, wish that they could have uh, a nice family like that? Or is it, you know, I you know, I, just, I just can't figure it out. And then and I was like, you know, I really want to talk to you about this. But it's interesting to, to know that this is still a new subject and we're still kind of discovering yeah. the ramifications from it and stuff like that.
1: So what you what you're describing is. Social approval, or any approval, uh, or, or or being liked, being uh, mm-hmm. attracted by another human being, turns out that is one of the most re- reinforcing, the most rewarding things that can happen to it to another human being. You know, it's getting, you, getting the approval of the masses. Getting, or a, a person. Okay. All right. No, no anyone, if, if if you are interacting with anyone and they just like stop the conversation, they go, wow, man, you are cool. I really like you. Nothing feels better than that. I mean, that is hmm. a drug. That, that is our crack cocaine. And it's also uh, directly influencing uh, your self-esteem, right? And so uh, everyone has a need for that kind of stuff. In the past, it used to be difficult to get that approval because you had to get one approval at a time. Everyone you meet. Social media now has has sort of cheapened it. it it's like the mass production of sugar. The mass, right. Yeah, it's all over the place, and and we and that's what is the addiction to it. So people who, people who 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 need that who who, who derive self-esteem on that will be more uh, more attached to that. But. That makes sense in a way because if you don't otherwise interact with people or you don't have any other strengths, then yeah, you you, you know you need approval some for, for from somewhere. Do you know
0: perhaps know why like our brain has evolved that way? Like, is it a survival thing that we had back in the day where? Okay,
1: this is pure speculation. Yeah, but, yeah. But evolutionary, one might predict that it would be adaptive for a social species to find a way to control members of their tribe. Interesting. Right? And and so how do you how do you control that? Well, if you're sensitive to the community's approval of you, then that will increase conformity. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it does make sense because we're social critters, right. that we would have this in us. Interesting, man. Yeah.
0: I swear we're so
1: complex.
0: It's yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable, you yeah. know? Um, well, Doctor, thank you for uh, coming to the show. And I really want to continue this conversation on another episode. So I'm hoping that you come back. And we could talk more a little bit about um, self esteem, more about confidence and stuff like that. And, um, and, and just kind of dive deeper into what it is that um, maybe drives people. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. When when they have self-esteem, because, like, I, I still have a bunch more questions to ask you, for instance, like, how is it that self-esteem can go based on approval? People, someone someone with low self-esteem can, based on approval, can increase that or based on disapproval, decrease that and affect yeah. them the rest of their lives and stuff like that, plus other things. So uh, thank you again, doctor, for joining us today. And I hope that you can come back next week and join us for another episode. And uh, I'm excited to see what's uh, what's coming up next.
1: All right. Well, Case, thank you for having me. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this uh, conversation. Likewise. Sure. We can do it in the future.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you, Dr. Frank Berneri, for coming on to the show. And all you listeners out there, thank you for coming back and listening to episode six. And hopefully next week, we'll have Dr. Frank Berneri back on to talk about the six weapons of influence, the compliance phenomenon. And let me tell you, it's super, super awesome. I'm excited to talk about it. And I hope you guys do have a good weekend. As always, keep believing in yourself and I'll see you next week.